Ali. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. What, what about you? All good. Thank you. All is well. Thank you very much. How are things in Aden? Well, things uh, seems good. Everything seems good here in Aden. Especially uh, Fernando, since the government just came back and good things has have, have been going on. Uh, good works just started. I mean, it's uh, it's really up. We are really optimistic. Tamam, tamam, and thanks for the video. Thanks for the video from the beach this morning. I know you you tweeted. You tweeted. How, how, how was it? <laughs> good, good, good. We, we, I posted, I, I, I uploaded it. So, uh, I know you tweeted about the. It was a rainy morning in in yeah. Aden. So yeah. then we had this little video from you from from the beach. So it looks yes. like some people were having a good time. Yes, it was. Yeah. Good, good, good. So uh, it's our first episode, and a little reminder um, that. We're currently today. We're we're recording as we read the news of the passing of uh, Sheikh Sinan Abulahum. So we want to yeah. send our deepest condolences to to the family uh, in, in in Yemen and in, in in Cairo, uh, in Amman, wherever they may be. You know, he he's a pretty he's a huge loss. Uh, he's from that generation that that really made history. That 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 carried history, you know, um, w with them, uh, and, and transfer their history to, to a new generation and their books are available as well. Um, hopefully Ali, maybe we could, we, we should think about having an episode, um, where we look at this generation, you, you, you know, this, this, this yeah, lost yeah, yeah. generation. You, you, some, you know. some, some of the, the men, I mean, the, the members in the in the Yemeni politics in the, right. uh, in the previous century, and right, you know. and and not just that that generation from the north, from the 1962 revolution. You know, not just Sinan Abulahum, not just uh, Abdullah Ahmad, not just Dr. Liriani, not just you, you, you know Dr. Abdullah Cesar Makala. He's still you know in Sanaa uh, with us and everything. So not just that generation, but also from the south. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you know, I was talking with some of my uh, my uh, fellow colleagues um, two weeks two weeks. Uh, Later, and they were talking about this. We have like great people who has who have passed away, and they left great history. But we we the the, the new generation we don't know that much about this right. history. So right. we want to dig in to to, right. to get out such history and to remind right the recent to history. keep it alive, right? I mean, to keep it yeah, alive, yes, to yes, to keep yes. that history alive. Yes, I mean, absolutely yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter which. You, you, you know, where you fit in the political spectrum, you know, you still always wonder, you, you, you know, where would Yemen be today if, if Dr. Lidiani was still around uh, as a mediator, as a negotiator? Where, where would, uh, you know, Al-Islah be if uh, Abdullah Ahmad was, was, was around, you, you, you know? Uh, Sheikh Abulahum from, from Bakil, uh, you know, that generation from Bakil tribe. We see Bakil, the role that, that Bakil is, is playing in Salah with, 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 uh, with the Houthis, right? With Ansar Allah. So uh, all of this is, is still very, very important uh, in, in Yemen for Yemeni politics. Yes, absolutely. And in the south is the same. You, you, you know, uh, the people that 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 played major role in the eighties, uh, lead in the yes. nineteen ninety four yes. war, 
Yes, sure, sure. We, we have lost many, many, many great people who, who are like, I mean, billionaires and they, they, they left a big heritage of Belarus sure. and the, 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 the good relations that connected the South with the, the, the whole world. Right, right, right. Well, um, today we're in our first, uh, first episode of the One Podcast with Ali Mahmoud and myself, Fernando Carvajal. And we welcome you to, to, to this little journey of ours, to the little project that we have. Hopefully, um, we, we, we keep your attention and, and, and you enjoy the podcast. Uh, our first segment, every, every episode will open up, and our first segment will be a discussion of the latest news from Yemen. Uh, we want to highlight uh, that while many may claim that Yemen is isolated or ignored by the international media, there are actually is uh, there is actually a lot to read about Yemen every day. I mean, there's a lot to read. It's just you know, you know it, it, it's a takes time to look for that for that information for those news. Um, the pro- one of the problems I see is in the way that these news are delivered. You know, whether it's in Arabic or in English or you know, your in European languages, um, how they how these news are delivered. And uh, you, Ali, you know, since you write for news website, uh, a newspaper in the Gulf and in, in the region, you know that there are a lot of Yemeni journalists out there reporting uh, for non-Yemeni outlets, for example. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Fernando, uh, a point that I'm, I, I will blame, the, the, especially the, the Western media uh, covering I mean, Yemen. They are, uh, I, I felt as a journalist and a reporter that I worked for non-Arabic uh, outlet. I felt that the Western media outlets, they don't, they don't work for the Yemeni people. They, 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 they usually try to focus on angles, angles that serve, I mean, specific purposes and go for this political side or for this. Uh, they don't work for the sake of the, the Yemeni uh, citizens or the Yemeni civilians that they are uh, harmed or they are exposed to, I mean, uh, such troubles here amid the war. They, they work for, I mean, specific purposes and uh, leave, I mean, usually, usually leave um, uh, the voices of those who are, I mean, bitten by this war. So I hope we, we can shed light more or shed more light on right. the many troubles right. that the, the civilians here right. are facing. Right, right, and I think this is the the segment that 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 should be our goal in this segment. You know, you, you know, where we highlight the news, where we discuss, and we'll we'll see right now. But I think a lot of this comes out from that U.S. style suspect, you know, you know suspicion, uh, that suspect view of media. You know, it also spills into reporting from Yemen. It, it is always received as being biased, you know, therefore a lot of people ignore uh, the news that that, that, that that come out from from Western outlets, for example. <laughs> yes, because I, as I told you, they work for specific purposes. You don't feel that they are working for the sake of uh, giving voices for those who are crying or beaten by the war. Right, right, right. Well, uh, Ali, uh, Let's go. Uh, let's let's hear the the news. What 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 news are we going to discuss from your side? 
uh, Fernando, you know, uh, for me, I have been I mean, tracking the story of um, the, came up, the, the, the return of Al-Qaeda. Um, this is such, a, I mean, alerting news uh, coming from Hadramaut and uh, the plains there in the, in the desert between Hadramaut and Chibwa. Uh, it's really, uh, I mean, uh, I was really upset hearing uh, from security officers that I just contacted when I reported the story. You read via the National right. last week. Um, I mean, I mean, the, the, it seems that Al Qaeda um, came back and is having uh, like a uh, to hold back again. And in many areas in Wadi Hadramaut in Sayon and Tala'a and Wadi Sur and Wadi Hainan and Ras Huayra and Shibam, these places, um, the, 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 I mean, Al Qaeda affiliates and militants were seen moving. I, I, I was sitting with some guys from there from Tarim yesterday and the day before, and they told me that <coughs> people are. Uh, Reporting that they see now, see some of these people moving freely, and they move in a daylight, in the daylight, and um, uh, they are having like posters, and they are about to 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 emerge to the to the public. So it's a problem. Uh, it does need an action. Right, and and it's interesting that you know your your article came out came out a, a, a few days ago, but then just the, the, today in the morning, um, Saturday morning, uh, we saw reports online of uh, the leader, the new AQAP leader, uh, posting a, a new video, uh, a lesson, you know, uh, that just came out, and it's the first time in in, in a pretty long while since we've seen any new media coming out from AQAP? Yeah. Yeah, it's really serious. As I told you, Fernando, we haven't, we haven't been hearing such, I mean, mm-hmm. such news, especially right. from Hadramaut. I, because I have reported many stories there, I have my own sources there. Uh, I dig deep there in the area because I know the Al-Qaeda is still, I mean, controlling uh, some bosses. And, and, but, but um, the alarming news coming out from there is uh, the, the area that these elements is getting bigger and bigger. Okay. Is this uh, local support? Is this local support that is growing, or are, yes. are people reporting foreigners again uh, coming in? No, no I, I feel I, I felt from from what I hear from from the guys there from the security of. Uh, I, I feel that some tribal, you know, uh, incubation, some tribal uh, backup is given for these elements. They had them. They, uh, and, you know, some military also, they, they have military support. This is the, the point, you know, the, the, the first military zone belong, belongs to the army. There is not serving well. This is the, the reality. They are, uh, uh, we have, I have heard from, you know, I have here in, 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 in uh, the, the, the place where I'm working here and I don't have some other Gazi and I can bring them to, to, to participate. Right. I, I right. will translate. Right. Yeah. Right, right. They can confirm they, they are living in that areas and right. they are telling me that those people, or these elements just go to, to do their, I mean, uh, whatever, and they come back to the basis of the army. Right, right, really right. 
Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, this will be a topic that that we'll be covering on and off, you know, uh, as part of the news roundup. And and then we'll get some experts from Yemen, uh, you know, back again to 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 discuss this. Uh, if we have to, we'll do a show. We'll do an yeah. episode in Arabic. Uh and uh, so that we can bring uh, some some people, you, you know, from from the ground, definitely. Yeah. Uh, for me, <clears throat> for me, you know, there 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 are interesting news. There's interesting headlines. Um, you you know, one thing that we need to uh, keep track of, and uh, we'll be discussing with with our guests uh, today, is the UN panel of experts, the UN Security Panel of Experts. Uh, should be coming out with their uh, report this month, uh, so that should be interesting. Hopefully, we can, you, you know, analyze the once we get a copy of that, um, we can analyze their their report and and see what they're highlighting this year. Um, another news that's important, and we'll we'll discuss this later on with our guests as well, is there was an article um, quoting uh, or citing. Uh, Mr. Hafid Mayad, uh, who's a consultant and advisor to the, to the president, economic consultant now, uh, where he's recommending that the UN Security Council um, investigate uh, corruption in uh, CBY, in the central bank. So this is pretty big news. Uh, we'll ask our guests uh, today and see what they think about, about this and see where, where they see the problems. Uh, we also have the humanitarian situation, right? Uh, yeah. Obstacles to delivery, um, whether it's Thais, Steel Aden, the South, uh, and, and the Northern areas. There's, there's the discussions on, I'm hearing a lot about the work that the, that the Houthis are doing now with this agency, Scamsha, and, you know, this umbrella organization that they created uh, to deal with, with the humanitarian organizations. Um, the, the lack of funding will we'll, pretty soon we'll have a, a, a guest uh, that will help us understand the funding for the humanitarian relief uh, and, and the work by NGOs and, uh, and UN agencies. And then there's COVID, you, you know, still very under the surface. Um, uh, I just wrote a, a, a little article on the updates and you, you, you know, information is still very, very scarce, scarce, you know, the the, the yeah, supreme committee, yeah. the supreme committee, even though they're reporting online that there's no new cases, there's no new cases. You still see a few people dying, you know, you you know from the ones that are in the hospital. So yeah. it's still not over in Yemen. It's still there. It's just not under over. the surface. It's not over. Not over. I confirm. I confirm. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is just information that we get from the government areas. We still don't know what's going on in the north. You know, the the, the Houthis, Sanaa is still not giving us any information. You, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but the main story that I wanna that I wanna touch. Um, oh, a, another story is uh, Abu Dhabi has made an announcement that they will open uh, uh, the ports to to Qatar. So yeah. you know, now we have this. Emirati Qatari rapprochement, you know, you, you you know, which also plays a role in Yemen. So that yeah. should be interesting to to track. You know? Yes. Um, but the one, my main story that I that, that I want to talk about is you 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 know, um, go back to a major story from May to 2020, and that's the SF uh, the FSO um, 
sulfur, you know, this, this, this oil oh, vessel. Yeah, 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 yeah. This oil vessel that's off of uh, Ras Isa. You, you, you know, we, uh, if, if our audience recall uh, the, the media, you know, all these articles that were being published in uh, May, June, July of last year, and then again in October, November, uh, of 2020, you, you know, looking at this ticking bomb, you know, this vessel full of oil that that, yeah. that is about to that's decaying, and and there's a concern that uh, there would be a leak or, or or possibly an accident that 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 will definitely create an environmental disaster. Um, we heard in December that the UN had reached an agreement with the Houthis to be able to get a team to be able to get a team into um, <clears throat> into Ras Isa in Hodeida uh, to examine the, the vessel and perform any minimal repairs necessary. Um, but we still don't hear of a solution. You, 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 you know, it's been over seven months and we still don't have any player, any actor proposing a practical, realistic solution to this problem. We've, I've reported, I've wrote an article about this and other people have reported, you, you know, heavy information, you, you, you know, um, regarding this issue, as opposed to the media that just touched on the surface, which is, you know, this you know this vessel that 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 could cause a, an environmental uh, crisis but the story under it is the fight between the houthis and the government the houthis and the coalition for the oil itself they're, they're still fighting for who owns the rights to that oil and that oil that oil has been on the on the on the vessel since before the war started and 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 it's Oil that you know was pumped from from fields in Maghreb and Shebwa Al Jauf by transnational uh, oil companies by major European oil companies. Um, they're scared because of the liability. If if there is an environmental accident, what would be their liability here? You know, mm. um, but that oil, you know, we know that in 2016 and 2017, the Houthis sold that oil. That, that oil no longer belongs to Safar or to the Houthis. It belongs to a, a merchant. You, yeah. you, you know? And this merchant has been demanding since 2017 to be allowed to, to bring a vessel to transport that oil out into the market, wherever that th this merchant wants to sell it. But of course, the Yemeni government doesn't want to release that oil because they want to sell it. Wow. Uh, and they're worried that... Right, and they're worried about the, the profit to the Houthis, but the Houthis have already made a profit. They already sold that oil. <laughs> you, 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 you know, and uh, nowadays, you know, now that currently we see that the Houthis are controlling all of Western Al-Jauf, basically, the mount, the, you know, they just haven't ventured into the open desert, but they're in Western Al-Jauf. They, they've advanced uh, in, uh, in Madhav, Past and mass, past mass base, so they're really controlling most of western and uh, southwestern uh, Madhab. They are threatening the city of Madhab. Um, 
through the south, they could threaten the refinery. So, you know, the, the, a lot of the fear, what I hear from, from people involved in, in, in the oil industry in, in Yemen and everything, they're fearing that, okay, let's say that they remove the oil from, from Safar, from the vessel, and then they begin the repairs, and then all of a sudden the, the FSO Safar is functional. You know, mm. it's fixed. It can fu- function again. Yeah. So, you, know, you, you know, will the Houthis then move to take the oil pipeline, right? Mm. And then demand that oil be pumped through the pipeline to Ras Isa, and then that they will demand that they be allowed to export oil. So, you, you, you know, when you look at the politics and everything, you, 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 you know, the, the conspiracy here is that it is better to keep the suffer as is because then Houthis can't profit anymore from, from oil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no more fights over that. It seems like it, yes. Right. So then, you, 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 you know, it's like it's been seven months since somebody called it a ticking bomb. You, you, you know, it's already January. They promised that the, the team was going to land in, in Hodeida in January and, and, and inspect uh, between January and February, inspect the, the vessel and try to address, you, you know, the issues. Um, so we're already in the second, third week of January and we don't, we don't hear anything. So then, again, another two months are going to pass and, 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 and this issue is still there. You, you, you know, nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M- much has been said, but nothing has been done right. regarding this, yes. this problem. Yeah, we have we have been hearing lots of buzz on this, but no real action has uh, has I mean been taken neither by the government or by the commission or by the the international right. community community. Right. 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 Well. You know, those are a couple of the news uh, that we're dealing with, that, that, that we're discussing, um, and hopefully we'll, we'll bring some more, uh, you know, up-to-date, uh, important news in the upcoming uh, episodes. So, you know, now as our first episode begins, uh, then we're excited about our first um our first guest, our first feature guest, you, you, you know, um, today we have uh, Mr. Hala Yamani, uh, former foreign minister of Yemen, and uh, Mr. Labib Nashid uh, from New York. They'll be joining us for today. So let's get, let's get ready. Can you hear me, Ali? Ali, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Ali. Looks like we are losing Ali for a bit. We'll try to get him. We'll try to get him back. Uh, and now I will we'll move to uh, our first guest uh, while we wait for Ali to, to return. Okay, friends, that uh, rounds up our first news roundup here at Diwan Podcast. Uh, we remind you, we, um, we are recording our first episode a few days, nine days, well, actually 11 days now, since the new coalition government of Yemen arrived in Aden. Uh, we went over the incident on 30 December 
with Ali uh, Mahmoud, who unfortunately uh, we had technical difficulties with Aden and, and we lost him and, and, and we're going to have to proceed uh, without him until he can log back in. Um, again, like we said in the intro episode, this is one of the difficulties of trying to bring this type of programming uh, direct from Yemen. Um, and it's something that not only us or the media are dealing with, but now imagine how the people on the ground are dealing uh, uh, with this issue every day of access to, to the internet. Very vital. Uh, and so now it's time for our very first interview. Uh, our very first uh, feature guest. And uh, I'm really excited about this. Ustad Khaled, buenos dias, millón de gracias. Thank you very much for joining us today. Muchas gracias, Fernando. Es un placer tenerlo. You, you were the first person uh, I thought of when, when, when Ali and I uh, started working on this. Uh, it, 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 you were the first person that I thought of because we knew when we were going to launch. We knew what, what kind of events we were going to have to keep up with. Uh, we knew how timely some of these topics would be to discuss with you and, and definitely to have your insight. Uh, your experience uh, contributing to 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 our podcast, and 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 you had to be. I'm really thankful that that you agreed to be with us uh, as our first feature guest. You're welcome all the time, Mr. Khaled Yemeni. For you, uh, for our audience, for our friends watching, uh, Mr. Khaled Yemeni was foreign minister of Yemen, uh, former ambassador to the United Nations. He served Yemen under the Obama and Trump administrations. He played a role during the negotiations in Stockholm in 2018. Uh, it's been almost 20 years since we first met, you and I, back in Orlando uh, at, at the Mesa conference. Right, right. And uh, again, very, very thankful for you uh, joining us here. Um, I'm gonna, we, we were going to have Ali and I going back and forth with you on, on questions, but uh, I... I you know, I'm going to have to take advantage and, and take the whole time to myself and, and, and have a, a longer conversation with you. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that we definitely want to discuss with you is, of course, the, the, the news of the new government uh, to get your view on, on this. Um, go back and think uh, about the Stockholm plant um, two years since, since, since you were in Sweden. Uh, with, with, with Mohammed Abdul Salam, uh, the uh, Houthi Ansarallah, and Motomar, the GPC uh, delegations. Um, also, another thing um, that we want to discuss is also timely. It's it's almost been a month since the the, the sanctions, the U.S. sanctions. This administration sanctioned five Houthi officials, five Houthi security officials in Sanaa, and uh, again. Dealing with that, the relationship with Iran from the Houthis that, that you've been examining over the years, uh, you've been a, a strong uh, voice uh, uh, against this relationship and the details, but also also timely because in the new year, we had um, Abdul Malik Al-Ajri uh, tweeting, you, you, you know, a threat about the relationship between uh, Sana'a and, and Tehran. Uh, leading up to the anniversary of uh, the Suleiman uh, assassination uh, drone strike, so all of these things I'd like to get get to discuss with you uh, in a bit more detail, and and you, hopefully you know we can get 
more clear sense. So first, first of all, uh, your views on the new government. What do you think? Is this uh, is good prospects, good, good news? Yeah, finally, the government is in Aden. Uh, I, I, I would rather say after six years uh, with this sporadic presence in Aden, a uh, few months, then uh, total disappearance from Aden, and another after one year, you see the government going back and and forth, and uh, now the government is in Aden. Um, I, I I will explain the the foundation of our crisis as the legitimacy uh, based on our absence from our homeland. Uh, I think that one of the major challenges for 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 Yemen for the legitimate government is uh, uh, if the government is in Aden, if the government is in deliberated areas, we would rather have achieved the, the goals we, we put forward from the beginning. Uh, but the, the lack of presence in, 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 in the, on the ground, uh, leaving the suffering of our people, uh, contributing to the alleviation of their humanitarian uh, situation, working together every day to alleviate that situation. Uh, without that, we, we, we can achieve the popular support. We cannot achieve the goals that we put to, to defeat the, the coup, the Houthi coup, and uh, recover our statehood. Um, I hope that the, the, the Saudi-led uh, coalition, the, 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 the leadership role of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, will put more pressure on the government and institutions to work hard in Aden and in deliberated areas and to bring about the example of uh, this is what, what really liberation from the, the, the Houthi uh, is uh, meant to be. Uh, everything good for Yemenis, everything, the, then you will get the full support of the people, even right. if they are living in, in, in a very difficult situation. Right. I mean, the, the idea of waiting a year since the Riyadh Agreement, since November 5th, 2019, until December 18, 2020, for the, the formation of that coalition government after two years of conflict between the SDC and, 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 and the government of uh, uh, President Abdurrahman Mansur Hadi, do we really believe, can we really expect now that this government is going to calm the tensions, cool the tensions between the SDC, the pro-secessionists under uh, Aydarus Azubeiri, Hani Ben Bareik, um, uh, Governor Lamlas in, now in Aden, that the, the relationship is not going to cool. Now that they're, they're going to warm up to each other, basically, you know, you, you know, and that we don't expect any more conflict in the near future between, between the SDC forces and the government. We hope the guarantor is saying saying that, and 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 we Saudi Arabia. Yes, we hope and we look forward to a, a, a very strong cooperation. And and and, and uh, although I understand that ev everyone has it uh, his own agenda, uh, SEC is working to to empower itself in the south and to achieve its its own goals. But we explain to the STC that we are not against any ideas that they can bring to the, to the table in the future. But the, the main uh, aspect of our struggle now is to recover statehood, to, to uh, defeat the Houthis and bring them into a political stream, mainstream. Then we can talk 
everything will be open to the, for discussion. Uh, now, uh, let me just explain to you, uh, Fernando, what, what's really happening. The, the Saudi-led coalition uh, is facing a very challenging moment in, in, in the liberated areas because the fragmentation of the legitimacy is really harming this, this, the, the operations of the coalition, harming the, the, the entire idea of, of uh, recovering the statehood. That's why uh, once we, we work together to bring every component of that fragmentation together and stick it together to achieve the, 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 the overall goal, this is, the, this is the best we can do. So STC is part of the legitimacy. Right. That's why we look at the, the forces in the, in, the, in the Western coast as part of the legitimacy, Barak's forces. We look to all the forces in the liberated areas as part of the legitimacy. What we are looking for now is to unite the, 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 the command uh, of all these forces under the, 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 the forces of the Ministry of Interior and the Ministry of Defense. If they are part of the legitimacy, they should be part of the overall approach of our security and, and, and military approach. Right. The- right, right. Well, basically, until now, the, the government and the coalition, let's say Saudi Arabia, had been fighting two conflicts at once. Once against the uh, Houthis in Sana'a and Sarallah in Sana'a, and the other one against the uh, pro-secessionist STC. Um, but now... We see, I see, the way that I look at this is for a year, it's taking the government a year to manage to negotiate a peace agreement with the STC. You know, de-escalate, get get into a peace agreement with the STC. But at the same time, the the interim capital being Aden is under STC control now, isn't it? It, it, The STC secretary general is the Aden governor. He has not stepped down from the STC. Uh, the we saw the the debate uh, online over the appointment of the director of security uh, in in Aden, which you know we saw one director being appointed uh, back in August, soon after the the reinterpretation in Riyadh, and then we saw him being replaced uh, under the, the the new coalition government. So when well, well we see the government trying to balance these things with the SDC because let's face it the SDC is vital for the government for the government to the government and Saudi in the fight against the Houthis right they right. are part of the al malaka they they are fighting in azala they are fighting in the north and in, in, in the border region with Saudi Arabia um so you know can Idarus Azubaidi, for example who is he's not in the government uh he's still outside the government he is still a non-state actor outside the government leading the stc will we see uh, a calmer uh, either who's playing more diplomatic role playing a more positive role uh playing a mediator let's say you know playing a mediator role uh instead of what we saw for the last couple of years where he basically has, you know, appeared in public in military uniform with troops and everything. Um, and some could say, you know, agitating the, 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 the situation. You know, do you see, do you think Aydarus can move to this position this year? Look, we hope that the, 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 the climate created around the, the Riyadh agreement will, will push wisdom to prevail. We hope that uh, 
that STC, we see STC uh, as a few different tendencies. We have the hawks and we have those those who are very peaceful, very wise and, 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 and willing to uh, accommodate uh, and, and talk and uh, discuss every topic. And uh, we see uh, lambdas, we see uh, uh, other figures as uh, are part of this very positive environment created of the, the, the agreement in Riyadh. Uh, we hope that the STC leadership understand that the fight that they are looking for is not its time. It, that now time to reunite ranks, to, to work together with the government, to be more frank in addressing issues that are very challenging in, in, in Aden and uh, different areas in the south and, and also to the, to the other extension, uh, the liberated areas. Uh, we hope we cannot think something else, but we don't want to, um, to, to we, we want all together. I mean, the international community, the Saudis, to send the right message to all different components of the Riyadh Agreement that now it's time to work together. Now it's right. not time to bring all these grievances and disputes and, right. and make it impossible for uh, both of us because we have a very dangerous enemy. Right. That is really, and we saw it uh, active with, with, the, with, with the rocketing and, 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 and of the airport, which showing that it's a very, very strong, very decided enemy that will destroy Yemen because they are looking to prevail and looking to impose their, their will upon the Yemenis. Right. I know that uh, I want to touch on this in a, in a little bit, but I know that you've been you, uh, on uh, very active on social media and in your writing concerning this, you know, uh, issue with the Houthis of labeling them, sanctioning the, the Houthis, which the Trump administration threatened back in, in, in November. But first, uh, do you think, you know, SDC only received five seats? I mean, we, we saw the, the cabinet shrink from 35 posts with the prime minister down to 24 posts plus the prime minister. So that's a significant uh, decrease or significant political message there to, to do that. Uh, I've written about this stuff, but uh, the SDC received five positions, right? In, in the government. Um, does, how does this role that the SDC will play now in, 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 the, in, in the government of the Republic of Yemen, which carries a flag. And then I'll get into this because there, there was just a controversy uh, yesterday when, when pictures emerged of uh, uh, Governor Lamblas with, with the UN envoy at the airport and, and, and Lamblas, uh, the security detail for the governor, you know, still wearing PDRY patches, not GOI patches, not Republican uh, patches. So, but in this relationship now, again, in the evolution that people may want to see of the SDC, how do you see this play with Herak? Meaning, you know, I'm still one of those people that claims, you know, the SDC may be, may, may be Herak, but it's not all of Herak. And Herak is not all of SDC. We, we see a lot of activists from the SDC, you know, engaging this narrative that, you know, SDC is Herak. There is nothing going on in Herak. But I know people in, in Lahaj, I know people in Abiyan, Shabwa, Hadramaut, and definitely in Mahra, for example, who have been part of Herak from the beginning, from the 90s. 
not just 2006, you know, not just 2011, but Herak from, from since after the, the Civil War. And, and, and a lot of them are still in opposition to Aderuz and the SDC, silent on the, on, uh, you, you know, under the surface. Do you see the SDC being able to reach out to all factions everywhere, reconciliate with, with, with Herak and bring them into the fold and support their position within the government? Yeah, look, uh, this is what I, I, I keep saying, that wisdom uh, should prevail. Uh, uh, let me tell you that, first of all, the claims of the uh, people from the South uh, are legitimate claims. Uh, and I think it's in politics, this we say it, see it everywhere in the world. We see it in Catalonia and Hispania, and we say see it everywhere. It's re- really legitimate, but it should be within the, the framework of a constitutional process. Uh, other than that, it will be totally uh, a chaotic uh, move. Uh, STC, as you mentioned, and this is what I, I, I keep telling my friends in STC all the time, they are part of the South. They are part of Iraq, but they are not necessarily the, 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 all the components of Iraq. They are not the, the sole representative of the South. Who give them, who is giving you the this sort of representation if it's not through a referendum or through elections or through endorsement, popular endorsement. But STC really uh, was created in a very difficult situation when the government was absent from, from the South and, 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 and gave uh, some factions of the Iraq the, the upper hand uh, using their relations with the coalition. And that's why we see STC is now a, a, a prominent figure in, in Iraq. But STC is not, as you mentioned, STC is not present in, in, uh, in, in heavily in, in other provinces in the south, only in, in areas close to Aden. Right. And, 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 and that's why uh, they should work, uh, and this is what I keep saying to my friends in, in, in STC, they should be open to discussion in the south, they should be the big umbrella Right. Embracing all the people of Iraq right. and bringing um, bigger discussion right. with them. But this is but this is the thing, Ustad. Like the 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 Riyadh agreement in in 2019 sort of handed you know even though Saudi Arabia took on the mantle of the guarantor now you know we we don't have that split UAE Saudi uh, because of the Riyadh agreement now Saudi Arabia is the primary guarantor right but then so the, the Riyadh agreement really legitimized the STC. It's not a constitutional actor. Legitimized the, the, the SDC. And indirectly, the, the narrative was that the SDC would now be the representative of the South. Uh, you, you know, that's, the, that's the, the label that the SDC took on after that. Um, do we see the SDC now as the mediator with all the actors in the South? Or does President Abdurrabo, the prime minister, still have a responsibility to keep working on this? Who, who should take... The, the lead in this, the STC or the government? That's why you see, you see the STC will keep pushing hard to take the monopoly of the South. Okay. They will keep pushing hard because this is within the instinct of every political movement to empower itself. And, but I hope that they understand that it's not time to fight for something that uh, that not the South, not every uh, person in the South is supportive to the idea. Because I know that there is a lot of people in the South that are still supportive of the idea of unity, 
some form of federal structure, some form of of uh, of, of 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 local local in 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 in, in independence in, in in areas of the south. But uh, SCC will keep pushing, and we hope if if wisdom prevail, uh, it's it's logic that we 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 keep we give uh, STC the 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 this, I mean enough room for them to to talk their rhetorics but if they are not imposing their rhetorics upon others that will be welcomed all the time now is STC gaining yes STC gaining STC gaining through violence and STC gained that recognition in Riyadh agreement but the Riyadh agreement in nowhere is mentioning STC as the legitimate representative of the South. But we could right. imply that STC is putting itself in that, in that uh, but, but, but also the government. That's why when you see the composition of the government, it's, it should be 50-50, north and south. It's actually more south to north. Now it's 60 to 40 almost uh, from, from, from the south to 40 from the north. But nevertheless, we wanted that uh, Riyadh agreement to be functional, to be working, and we supported the idea, even if the government will give some of, delegate some of its authorities for STC, it doesn't mean that we recognize that STC is the legitimacy in the South. STC is part of the legitimacy in Yemen. So if they understand uh, this complication, we can work together and we can all together empower ourselves and liberate uh, Yemen uh, from, from the pro-Iranian Houthis. Right, 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 Ustad. Uh, now a uh, shift uh, to, to, the, to the north, basically. Uh, the Stockholm plan. Uh, you, you, you know, all of this, if we look two years ago to, to December um, 2018, what you went, what you saw, what what happened in, in the, the high expectations uh, that the the Stockholm plant created uh, in everyone's uh, eyes. Um, what uh, what have we seen? What are what what are you recalling? I, I want to get your view on 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 what's happened in the last couple of years first before I ask you about uh, specifics on uh, on the Houthis and what they've done. What do you what are your views uh, regarding the Stockholm plan since since December twenty eighteen? It's uh, we 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 should recognize first of all that Stockholm was the only agreement signed between the government and the, the Houthis in anything at all. Uh, and also we look at six years of, of warring and we see in every two years there is an attempt to reach uh, negotiated uh, peace. Uh, in the beginning, it was the first days of the, of the war, uh, August, uh, the first attempt in Geneva, and it was not even talking, it was just a show where everyone was, was showing its, uh, its total denial uh, of, 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 of exchange of ideas on how to deal with, 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 the, with, the, with the end of the war. Right. Right. Then after two years, we went to Kuwait. Then after another two years, we went to Stockholm. So now we, we are, after two years of Stockholm, uh, we are waiting to see why Stockholm was pushed hard in the beginning. Then what happened to everyone just to let uh, Stockholm let go uh, that 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 great ideas. Uh, 
um, I was heavily criticized, you know, in 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 in, in the social media that I, I'm the one who really am the traitor of Yemen. I I contributed to giving uh, the Houthis. Hodeida and Hodeida was almost in our hand. We were three kilometers from the the, the uh, seaport of Hodeida, and because of that, I agreed. and And everyone knows that I'm just a, a chief negotiator. I'm not. I'm not the one who will take the, the the final decision. The final decision was taken by by the the president of the, of the republic and the coalition, uh, and, uh, and they were under a lot of pressure from from right. our uh, our our friends. Uh, in the in the in the Security Council, the permanent members of the Security Council put more efforts to to reach the Stockholm Agreement. Right. Did, did 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 the Stockholm strengthen after two years? I mean, when we look back two years from you, you know from Stockholm since you were in Sweden, did the Stockholm Agreement everything the environment from this plan? You know, I like to call it a plan, not an agreement. But from this plan, did it serve to strengthen the Houthis? Do you think Houthis strengthened their position since December 2018? Or did the government actually achieve some sort of progress in, in, in taking and uh, weakening the, the Houthis, whether it was economically or, or, or politically or uh, militarily? If we say that nothing happened in, in, in Hodeida, means we are, we, we, are, we are approving your idea of of strengthening the houses because nothing happened in Hodeida. But the, the, the worst of the, the scenario is that the legitimacy forces, they are not present. Theoretically, Tarek is not under, under the, 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 the forces of the Ministry of uh, Defense. So uh, the, the, the forces working in that area, they are not, uh, although they are part of the, of the coalition, but they are not part of the government forces. So, so it's really, I mean, when you see the uh, the outcome, you see we are weakening our positions. The Houthi is having more more leverage now in Hodeida. But I, I I'm not blaming the, the 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 coalition. I'm not blaming the government. I'm not blaming the. I'm not thinking that the Houthis can be more more articulated in Hodeida without that failure of international commitment. What happened to that commitment of the right. of the five? Right. Uh, they made, I mean, I remember General Mattis was, was telling us that he will put all his pressure and he will, he will be, uh, I mean, sending all the uh, military inoperabilities to, to strengthen the possibility of implementation of the Stockholm Agreement. What happened to that brilliant right. idea? Right. I mean, when I study today, I prepared, uh, I mean, a policy paper for, 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 for my uh, work. And, and I said, and an idea that can still be functioning today. Why we are not taking that idea in the absence of the, the, the political deal? Uh, the people, they are not accepting the joint declaration of the special envoy. Why they are not as, uh, accepting the, 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 the political declaration is a step towards achieving peace because it will bring three things, cessation of hostilities, uh, some uh, trust building measures, and the third one will be the final talks. Right. Right. Why we are not accepting that? Right. Okay. If we are not working on that, why we are not strengthening the possibility of implementing the Stockholm Agreement? That is a possibility. We still can, we have all the interoperabilities of the United Nations Security Council. We have resolutions. We have a political mission created in Hodeida, which is the, the Hodeida Agreement uh, right. 
political mission that uh, General Goha is 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 uh, is a leader, and we spent for that in the last two years more than one hundred ten million U.S. dollars to do what? Even even the committees they established the five points security points are not working. Uh, the, the 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 joint commission is not working. Why? Right. No, and and I want to get into this with you with, with the last uh, topic, which is the your 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 views on the Biden administration. But keeping it w- w- within the, the the Stockholm plan, you know, again, the strength of the Houthis, the uh, you know the. There's no change on the ground. Now you have, I just started researching for, for, for a paper for, for our next episode on Scamsha, you know, this new organization, relatively new organization by, by, in Sana'a, which, you, you, you know, will be an umbrella uh, for all these international organizations or all the dealings with humanitarian response. So, you know, back, back in uh, when, when uh, the Stockholm plan was, was was written, came out, I wrote a paper about how, you know, the, the Houthis had already won Hodeida. They, they, they could sign whatever anybody wanted. They had already won Hodeida because they controlled the process from the minute a ship landed in the Hodeida port, you know, taxation, uh, everything, to transport to everything, that whole line, the whole assembly line is under control of the Houthis. You, you, you know, any, anyone that wants to do business in, in the North is under a Houthi umbrella, which then creates this profits to go up, you know. So now with Scansha, uh, and hopefully we can get into this in another episode or, or you and I can exchange later, um, I'm hearing that the process is tightening. They're tightening their control. And, and, and then the, the UN agencies and international the INGOs, you know, they're going to have a tougher time in explaining their relationship with, with Sanaa. So then this is why where I want to bring uh, the conversation to the sanctions on, on the Houthis. I, I agree. First, uh, if you uh, may allow me, I agree that for Stockholm Agreement, we, we need to have another discussion because it's, it's really a, a vast issues that we need to, to go through. We need to go through the agreement, the level of implementation, right. the political mission, what's happening with Anvim. That is very important mechanism that is not taking, I, I mean, any function, not in, in, even in, uh, in Djibouti, not even in Hodeida. What's happening? Why? Never mind Salif. Never mind Salif or Ras Isa. Ras Isa, they're, they're still. And, 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 and in addition to all that, the, the speeding up of, of all these military uh, operations of the Houthis and, 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 and terrorist attacks in the, in the southern part of the Red Sea. So right, right, right. right. We, we created Hodeida to stop that. Right. And after two years, we are having more, more military presence of right. the pro-Iranian Houthis in the Red Sea, uh, attacking even positions to the north, close to Jidda, right. uh, right. in, in the kingdom right. of the So if the Stockholm Agreement didn't manage <laughs> to bring in the parties, to bring the parties together, then this idea of sanctioning the Houthis, you know, Abdul Malik, uh, Abu Ali, uh, Abdul Khalik, they've been sanctioned since 2015 and nothing has changed. There's been no impact on, on, on any of this. You know, Saudi Arabia issued the, the most wanted list. You, you, you know, the only person that, that, that's been, uh, you know, sort of taken out by this 
most wanted list was uh, Salah Samad, the, the president of, of, of the Supreme Council. But and, and and so sanctions, do you see them as any having any impact? I know that you, you, and uh, you know you're not as vocal as, as Minister Muhammad Aliriani when it comes to to sanctions on uh, on the Houthis. But do you see any more sanctions uh, making an impact? Look, uh, sanctions are really nothing without enforcement. I mean, you know that in international law. If you have really uh, the, the leverage over over the sort of enforcing. The, 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 any sort of sanctions. Otherwise, there is no need to put sanctions. I mean, now with Iran, uh, we, we, the international community sanctioned the regime in Iran. But you see so many countries are dealing with Iran. And they are even, even countries within, within the, within the, 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 the framework of, of, of opposing Iran and, Voicing out uh, the, the, the against Iran every day, and then uh, ports in the Gulf are are being used by Iran. Uh, the Far East is being used for for, for Iran. The, the all the capitals, the Iranian capitals, are in Southeast Asia, moving freely, and uh, other countries in the world, um, uh, also in addition to Russia and and and, and China. So. Sanctions are not functional if there is no way to impose them and, 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 and there is no way to, to enforce them. So uh, this is the idea. Uh, on, on these Houthi sanctions or on the listing Houthis as a terrorist group, uh, let me tell you, are, are the Houthis terrorists? The first question, okay, those who are attacking uh, civilian uh, uh, institutions uh, like, like the, the the Aden Airport or areas in in Saudi Arabia attacking the the oil pipes and oil facilities, they are terrorists in in concept in international law. Uh, those who are not uh, uh, non-state actors that they are uh, they are working uh, with with violent methods, they are terrorists. I mean, there is a lot of classification in international law. Who might be a terrorist? Who might be? Right. Uh, but then we give room to Houthis to do the same and start listing the coalition or the government yeah, yeah, for, for, for doing the same. I agree with you. Now, but if we are talking peace with the Houthis and we are looking forward to, to, to uh, jointly bring peace in Yemen and we accept them as a political movement and we want them to be part of the mainstream politics in Yemen, are we endangering the possibilities of political talks if we put them in the in the in the terrorist group uh, list this is the only difference that we have with with the with the uh, outgoing administration uh, but we think that using the idea as a tool of pressure on the houthis by explaining that everything everything they do is within within the the international uh, nomination of a terrorist group and they should uh, think seriously about what they are doing to Yemen and what they are doing to their movement if they want to prevail in Yemen right. as a political movement. 
Right, right. I mean, you, you know, one of the discussions we've had, one of the discussions I've had with uh, Yemenis from the south or from the north, you know, if we get into, I've asked, you know, this is one of the themes that we want since since, since our introductory episode is to take this theme, you know, the, the attacking out. And was it a terrorist act or was it an act of war? And this comes up uh, because, you know, if we go all the way back to 2015, you know, the war, what the Houthi, the, what we saw in Aden, in 2015, what we saw in Taiz in 2015, but also what we saw in Sanaa with the targeting of the funeral in Roy, uh, of uh, Roy Shan. So if we say, if we come out and we say, or anybody says, you know, the, the attack on Aden Airport was terrorism, then the Houthis will say, well, then what was the attack on Roy Shan's funeral? Right. And, and, and then that opens up, as you say, you know, the, the, the idea of, of, of how do you engage these peace talks when there is this constant bank and forth accusation and escalation at the same time? So yeah. what... There is slight difference in, in, in international law. Give me a second. You were muted, Mustad. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a sir. Okay. Now, the coalition after the, the attacks uh, in, in, in this meeting or the social meeting or the social gathering in Sana'a, they did everything required in international law to clear itself. They created the, the commission of investigation. They, they paid uh, uh, for, for the damages and they, they, they created all the right. international recognized environment or, or characteristics to recognize that it was a collateral damage, but are, are the, is the attack on, on, on the Aden airport was really collateral damage from the Houthis. They were attacking something else, and then they suddenly it, it went to, to a civilian airport. Where is the military basis next to, to the airport and all this stuff? It was really a targeted attack, and it was... Uh, targeting the, the, the government of Yemen coming back to Aden. It's, there is no way that, but I'm not, I'm not an investigator. I'm not, I can't tell you that, no, no, finally we have really the, the blueprint of, of, of Houthis and this commander right. issued right. That, that, that order and they were coming from Al Janad airport and all this stuff. But I'm telling you, it's a terrorist act fully recognized in international law as a terrorist act. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And now to our, to wrap it up, um, discussion on the Biden uh, administration, you and I had a, a talk be, right before I wrote my article, you know, where, where I wrote uh, this piece, uh, the headline, cautiously optimistic, you know, you, you, you know, um, after so many years of this war, almost six years of the war, you know, you, you have to be, you, you can't be optimistic of change because you, you, you just don't think that it can get worse, but then you see that it gets worse <laughs> all of a sudden. So, you, you know, um, you and I, uh, different opinions back then in, in, in late November, um, right after the election where, where, where I said that I was a little bit optimistic and, and, and you had your doubts, but now that now that we are so far, almost uh, a week into, or by the time this episode comes out, he'll he'll be president. Uh, Joe Biden will be president. How do you see now that the national security team, for example, has been formed, is taking shape? How do you see 
uh, the coming administration when it comes to 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 the war in, in Yemen. Are you optimistic now? Slightly more optimistic than 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 back in November, or you still have your doubts? Of course, I mentioned that in in in, in my in my discussion, in my articles, my exposition into the Washington Center when I was talking to. Uh, to the event on 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 the, the Biden administration, uh, Yemen and the Biden administration, I, I mentioned that I have some cautiousness on on how Yemen will be dealt with in the priorities of of, of this administration. And today, I'm more cautious than than uh, one month ago because when you see the the legacy of the Trump administration, you can understand that the Biden administration will be having a lot of homework and domestic issues and how to remedy uh, this, this uh, I mean, difficult situation within the United States and how to recover its name with its major allies and, and how to, to regain its leadership role uh, with the, with the cross-Atlantic alliance and it's it's really challenging, right. but I do believe that the 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 basic uh, democratic values and human rights values of the U.S. foreign policy will will be recovered, and uh, there will be a major role for the State Department and those who are making policies and 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 and, and, and studying all alternatives to function because this will not be anymore a one-man show right. uh, for a right. policy. Right. No, and this is one of the points that I made in, in my article back then in, in, in November that, you know, we, we hope that because of the legacy of the of Biden and the Obama administration and how they dealt with uh, foreign policy, you know, with Secretary Kerry and, and, and his team, that we would definitely see a very noticeable change in, 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 in tactics, right? We would no longer see, you know, a one-man show in, in foreign policy through Jared Kushner, for example, you know, that everything was through him, not really through the, through the State Department or the military, et cetera. But you, you, you know, one of the things that I pointed out uh, in my interviews and, and, and in my um, article since was that for this particular coming administration, that perhaps because of these mounting challenges domestically that you mentioned, I, is it a good idea to propose that President Biden appoint a special envoy from the U.S.? to the Yemen conflict, as the U.S. has done, you know, elsewhere uh, for Syria, on Iran, on Libya. Um, do you think that because we know that the Biden administration is kind of looking like a continuation from, from the Obama administration uh, because of the people and the, the, the approach to, to foreign policy and security affairs, do you think that that would be uh, helpful if the president appoints a special envoy that that really focuses on 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 all things in the the, war, the conflict? Yeah, uh, let me first of all, I, I disagree in in the terms of that this administration will be a continuation of Obama administration okay. because there is a gap in between that complicated a lot of issues. Even if this administration is willing to continue the same route they will have to, to address it in a different way. 
So uh, this is the question. Now, I do believe, and this is what we are working with the, the Yemeni diaspora, I mean, or, or the, the U.S. Uh, American Yemenis, uh, with this administration, the new administration, that really we need more focus. If we see the terminology used by the new administration, what, what Biden is saying that he will end the support to the, to the, to the Saudi coalition in this war. He never mentioned that he will end the war in Yemen or he will, uh, but I think as an extension of this concept, he, uh, ultimately need to address the, the, the situation in Yemen and end the war in Yemen. Um, by, by nominating, uh, a special envoy, uh, this will help all institutions of the, the new administration and all agencies to work together with that special envoy to send the right signal to the coalition, to the Yemeni government, to the Houthis, uh, and to, to all the other components in the, on the ground uh, that United States is interested in, in continuing the fight against terrorism in Yemen. Uh, United States cannot accept interference of Iran into Yemeni affairs, right. United States would ask Houthis, and also I do believe that now the, the administration and the new administration is having some contact with the Houthis in Masqab, in, 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 in other areas, to understand right. how far the Houthis can go right. in terms of this. In, in this position, I mean, I've argued that by appointing a special envoy, it would also allow the U.S. to engage Iran just like they did with Kerry during the nuclear negotiations. Um, I mean, you know, this is something that the ambassador, for example, has not been able to do because under this administration. But I mean, yes, we know that there's been some diplomatic uh, contacts in, uh, in Muscat, in, uh, you, you know, directly with between the U.S. Department, uh, the military, or, uh, and, and Houthis like Abdul Salam or, 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 or others. But I think that, you know, a special envoy will act like this umbrella that you just described, right, to coordinate the approach and, and, and also help in a, in a broader sense because the, the war in Yemen is not just isolated there. It, it really does involve the region, doesn't it? it? It really does involve various actors in the region and it affects and it provides a playground for all of these actors to come in and, 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 and clash. So, I mean, we hope that, that something like this um, could really help uh, move forward, not just the end of the, the, the assistance, the military assistance, because I assume that the U.S. will remain in the control room in, in Riyadh, but the, the military assistance to, to the coalition. I, I, I do agree. I mean, the idea that this administration will bring about antagonistic relations with Saudis, and it's nonsense. Right. I mean, right. it, the relations between Saudi Arabia and the United States is a strategic one. Right. And Saudi Arabia is a very vital component of this strategic approach of the United States uh, global politics. Right. So um, I, 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 I disagree with everyone thinking, no, no, the administration, the, the, the outgoing administration was very close friend uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the countries in the region, and this administration will bring about, it's, it's like dictating okay. issue. No, it's, it's, it's not real. But we need to work together 
we uh, we think that the new administration will be working with the Saudis and, and and working with the government of Yemen and working with with all the components on the ground, even the regional components of that uh, the, the bigger regional uh, components because Yemen is is an, an is a war that has is having a regional implication. It's not only a, a domestic. Uh, closed war or regional war or, or, or small, uh, I mean, town uh, conflict. It's it's really having a, a regional impact, right. and uh, and uh, having Yemen in, uh, controlling the straits uh, in the southern Red Sea and the the, the also the the red the, the, the Gulf of Aden, Arabian and the Gulf. Uh, it's it's vital for every country in the region to work for peace in Yemen and to. But what we need to do is putting, putting more pressure on every component of the conflict inside Yemen to sit down and to agree on how to, 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 to finish the job and reach the durable peace. And, right. Uh, yeah. right. Well, Ustad, thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate uh, you being here with us, taking your time um, and, and, and really you know, helping us launch this podcast. Hopefully, uh, I know we'll definitely ask you to come back and and help us as things move along, uh, and, and get your opinion on uh, on events and how how you see things progressing or, God forbid, deeper uh, conflict. I really appreciate your friendship uh, for a very long time. Uh, thank you for your willingness to to always listen uh, to my crazy ideas, my crazy talk, and and, and for your great input uh, that always provides me some 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 really good insight and a, and a different perspective. Um, I really appreciate you being here with us uh, today, Ustad. Muchas gracias. Nos vemos pronto. A cualquier tiempo estoy dispuesto. Um, always ready to to engage, and uh, and I think this idea is a brilliant idea will bring more discussion and will bring many components to that discussion and, and it will be helpful to at least clarify the, 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 the way forward. Thank you very much, Ustad. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hey, Ali, welcome back. Welcome back welcome. from your technical difficulties. Finally found a spot yes, somewhere in Aden. How is the light? How do I appear for you? Is it okay? It's good. Good enough. Good enough. No worries. Your voice, okay. it, it, your presence is, is, is the important part. You, you know, I want you to be with us and uh, take part. <laughs> That's the whole goal of this. But thank you for finding a spot to uh, join us back with. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in on, on, on the interview with Alustad uh, Khaled at Yemeni. But now it's, part, uh, it's time for our second section, our second uh, portion of the of, of this podcast, of this video podcast today, the first episode again, um, and this time I I, I want to welcome uh, a, a very good friend, uh, Labib Nashir, who now lives in New York. Uh, Labib, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, Fernando, how are you, my good friend? Good, good. Alhamdulillah, good, good, good. How are things? Thank you. It's nice. It's nice to meet you, Labib. Nice to meet you too, man. Nice to meet you too, Charlie. We we I really wanted I really want to thank Labib for 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 joining us today again on our first episode. Um, great insight, uh, Labib. We we've met a few years back when I was working uh, in uh, out of New York with the panel. Uh, right. Really enjoyed our conversations ever since. Uh, visited you a couple of times. 
there in New York. And um, I learned a lot from our conversations over the years. I uh, still stay in contact with you. And, and I really, really appreciate you joining us and, and helping us out with the, with the podcast. You are always welcome, man. Always. Ali, Ali the, you have the mic. Uh, yeah, since it's the, the first time that I, I uh, I'm introdu- you introduced Lviv to me and I, I introduced me to Lviv. I want I want to know more about Lviv. How how did he leave uh, Yemen and what's the story behind? Well, um, I will start from uh, I mean in short words from. 2011, when everybody there in Yemen was, uh, you know, started the, the youth revolution uh, against uh, the former uh, uh, government and uh, President Saleh, and basically the corruption in in, in, in his system, and uh, you know things things were like normal as as the other youth. We started this revolution in 2011, and. Uh, Things calmed down for a couple of years after Basindua uh, became the, the prime minister and uh, Abdurrahman Mansour became the president of the Yemen Republic. And when Al Houthi started his movement in um, 2013, taken over the the cities from the north, <clears throat> I established because I felt like. Something was wrong in 2011. Maybe we, because we welcomed those people in our areas, like in Sana'a, when we started the revolution, the youth revolution in 2011. But anyway, I I established uh, an organization for the community peace. Uh, I I felt like what's happening now will divide our nation forever. So we should start something. So I started this. <clears throat> civil organization, NOG, in Yemen, and uh, started working uh, 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 for peace and development in Yemen. Um, I had a huge agreement. Uh, all the political parties, leaders signed on that agreement. Yasin Saeed Oman from Hezb uh, al-Ishtiraki, Al-Iryani, Allah Yerhamu. Uh, everybody, like all the leaders, even Saleh, uh, not Saleh, Samad, uh, Saleh, uh, Saleh, his name is Saleh uh, Hadra, Saleh Hadra, something like that. He was the, Salah, the main, Salah. yes, Saleh, he was, he was the president of the political office of Al Houthis that time. Yes. Yeah. Like all the leaders, they signed that agreement, but unfortunately, uh, the war happened there. They took over Sana'a, and uh, we started the first protesting against them because that was in 2014, September 21st, when they took over Sana'a, and September 23rd, we met in Hamza Kamali of uh, Hamza Kamali home in yeah. Sana'a, and we arranged to start the protesting there in Sana'a. And we 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 really went out, and we were like twenty six people. The first group starting protesting uh, against the Houthi that was in Sana'a in in 
in uh, Zubair Street. And then this protesting started, I mean, became bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and the Houthis started following us. Who were the leaders for those people? And uh, why they do that? And why they support the enlistment government? And we were that time supporting the enlistment government. I mean, from the bottom of our heart, like totally supporters. And um, then after uh, uh, Abdurrahman Mansour had left to Aden in 2015, 2015, February 20. Yeah. Um, one of uh, his team called us in Sana'a uh, and, and, and said, uh, the president wants to, to meet you there. We went there, we met him, and we agreed that we will continue the peaceful protesting in Sana'a. And when I back to Sana'a after that, uh, the were following me and they arrested me on, um, that was in uh, uh, May 12th, when they arrested me in uh, uh, the Street. 2015? Yeah. 2015, yes. They kidnapped me actually from a public place, a Hoka place. I was there meeting with, uh, I had a meeting there with uh, some of my friends and um, uh, some journalists. Uh, it's like Arif Surmi, I think he's yeah. a very known guy. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they came there and they took me from the place. Uh, I mean, they took you, they, they took you lonely, I mean, the only one? Yes, or? yes, I'm the only one. I mean, they, they, they were following my number or something. Yeah. They found me there, they, they came targeting me, they took me and they took me over. And um, uh, uh, I mean, from the first moment I arrived to their place, they start torturing me without any questions. Yes, it was very bad. Yeah, they started beating me with everything. I remember the first day, first moment, there were like seven people starting beating me with um, <clears throat> sticks, uh, with uh, wires, with... Uh, that's why I was remember when I saw uh, uh, what happened to uh, the young guy, Allah Abdullah Al-Aghbari in Sana'a. Yeah, it was the, the it was, yeah. It was the same thing. Wow. It was it was the same thing. Uh, the only different thing that it was like two hours, and I I, I lost my. I, I was out unconscious, so they sent me to the to the hospital to wake me up with the medicine, and when I back, they started touching me again. So it was really which, bad. Do you recall which hospital they took you to? Uh, uh Hospital. They sent me there, yeah. I worked up there, actually. When I worked up, I saw the doctors and uh, there was some medicine and they got me back again to the jail and they started torturing me again. Do you recall, then, do, you, do, you recall <laughs> do you recall the jail? Was this the, the PSO uh, basement uh, jail or was this a police jail somewhere do you recall yes it was it was it was like uh, to be honest i don't remember okay. the name now of that place but it was in the basement and uh, it was in uh, marine area okay i think i think it was a month 
How long? Yes. How long you stayed there? Under the only eleven days. Uh, only eleven days, brother. Yeah, but and then it's like something like a miracle happened there. Uh, the guy who arrested me, who who, all, who was following me everywhere, who has my file, he he where he left to um, to Marib to fight there, the big fight, the first fight in Marib. They actually Houthis, Houthis leaders. They sent all their fighters, all their big leaders, <coughs> to Marib <coughs> in that time. And Abu Nasr was one of them. Abu Nasr is the person who arrested me actually. Mm. He was the leader of the, uh, the secondary of Montaka uh, mm. So they sent him and they replaced all those leaders with the young leaders, new young leaders, sent them from Saudi. Mm. They, were, they all were like 20, 19 years old, 18. And when he came to the to the jail, he found the files for everybody, but not my file. So there was huge pressure on on him from my friends and you know the lawyers and everybody. Even even to be honest, uh, some police officers in the jail who watching me under charging, they felt like this guy. Oh. Yes, this guy. We don't know what he did, but he doesn't deserve what happened to him. What happened to him was very bad. So uh, uh, that guy tried to find my file to find out what I did, actually. But he couldn't find my file. And uh, uh, after or under this huge pressure, uh, there's also one of my friends, his father, a big leader with the Houthi. He came and he write uh, a personal guarantee to take me out for a couple of hours. It's like, I'm gonna write a guarantee, personal guarantee, just to take him out for a couple hours to see his kids. And anytime you want him, I'm gonna bring him back. Um, after that, I mean, the, the, the young leader, the young new leader, the, 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 the guy who was 19, he was really confused. But after, after the, my friend came, Dr. Khaled, and put that guarantee, uh, somehow he accepted to let me leave for a couple hours to see my kids. And and I left the country, and the person who put that guarantee also left the country. He's now in Malaysia because they right. they back after me and after him right. at the same time. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, and, and you're noting uh, something very interesting yeah. that – that I've tried to to highlight uh, in interviews and, and, and in my writings, and it's the influx uh, of pro Houthi elements from Sada to Sanaa that began to infiltrate, or that were appointed to all these institutions in Sanaa, and um, and then that you know facilitated that you know Houthi gaining control, Houthi gaining power in, in, in Sanaa over the GPC, over Ali Abdullah Saleh's uh, people. So hopefully um, later on we can bring you on back again and we can discuss this issue and how, you, you, you know, how Houthis actually created the system, whether you want to call it Ansar Allah or you want to call it something different. 
uh, that worked from 2015. From two, from, I, actually, I, I say it, it started working in August 2014 when the uh, a protest uh, against the subsidies uh, began, and then it went all the way through, you know, strengthening to 2017 when the conflict with Ali Abdullah Saleh started escalating, and then in December when 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 they killed uh, Ali Abdullah Saleh. Um, Ali uh, Labib, thank you very much for telling us a little bit about you. Now, um, I want to stay on this theme and, and, and talk to you about, you know, how do you see the situation in Sana'a? How do you see the, uh, the, the Houthis, Ansarallah in Sana'a today, uh, especially uh, almost a month or a little bit over a month since, since the new, the U.S. sanctioned uh, five security officials. Uh, they were uh, the people, the officials sanctioned by the U.S. were Sultan Zabid, who is the uh, director of the criminal investigation. Uh, linked to the female uh, units uh, in, in Sana'a, the Abdul Hakim Al Haywani, uh, Abdul Rahab uh, uh, Abdul Rahab uh, Jarfan, uh, Mutlak uh, Al Marani, and Khadr Al Shami. You know, um, I wrote a piece about this, and 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 what I focused on was, you know, not just the 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 impact, which was it's going to be zero, in my opinion, on, of the sanctions, but actually on how the U.S. failed to put these five names into the current, into the present context, which is, you know, you have the PSO and the National Security Bureau, now they're merged into one uh, organization. And, and, and you know, uh, Haiwani and uh, others, uh, Al-Marani, uh, you know, if we look at Jarfan and, and, and Mutlaq, they're no longer part of the NSB structure. They're outside. You know, this is due to internal infighting. In, into, due to infighting. Um, so really, you know, how do you see the logic of these sanctions? How do you see, how do you see this playing out? Is it beneficial? Is, is it symbolic but positive or no impact? Well, actually, actually the decision... Uh, uh, just sent a message um, to al, al Houthis militias that uh, we are watching. We can um, we can take some decisions against you, but in fact, are those decisions impact directly or indirectly on on al Houthi militias? No, I don't think so. They have no money outside. They they don't travel. Right. Um, nothing you can threaten, nothing can threaten them. Okay. Uh, they don't care. It's, 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 it's easy like that. They don't care. We, we hope actually that, or we worry that the, uh, the U.S. government can take a big announcement or a big decision to announce a Houthi group as, as a group, as a militias, as a tourist group, but that unfortunately can happen yet. What do you think would be the benefit or, or, or the impact of you, you know of labeling the the Houthi uh, a terrorist organization? We discussed this earlier with Alustad uh, Khalid as well. What would be the impact uh, of labeling the Houthi? Well, in my opinion, again, I think there is going to be a. a, a Good things and bad things, but the good things, the the good impact, 
in general will be that they will stop doing many things. They will be really scared uh, before they do anything in the future, like before they take any decision. They will, and one of the most important things that this decision will cut the Houthis arm outside Yemen borders. Like, you know, now many people in Washington, D.C., in New York, all over America, they are working for the Houthis somehow, in direct or, direct or indirect in, uh, ways. Uh, some organize, some people, they say like, we were appointed officially from al Houthi in New York. You know that they have, they have a, a, a representative here. Do you know that, Fernando? An official yes, yes, representative. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. see? So this kind of decision, and they, not, not just in America, not just in New York City, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like they have one in, in, in Canada, they have one in, in, in England, they have one in, in Germany. So if the US government announced this, that uh, al Houthi militias or GROB is, is a terrorist GROB, then nobody will dare to contact them. Nobody will dare to represent them. Nobody will dare to work for them. Nobody will, will dare to contact uh, 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 people from uh, uh, U.S. government to say, hey, I'm here just to clarify what happened for Houthi. You see? Right. First, second, um, nobody will dare even from the other countries to send them anything because until now, Fernando, Emirates, Continuing sending things to the Houthis, uh, oil, equipment, everything. I mean, Iran keeps sending things through Emirates companies, and everybody knows that. That's why the U.S. government announced last time they took a decision against of oh, five, I think five. Um, Iran companies. Motive. Five Emirati companies. Okay. However, Hafez Mayad, when he came here, he delivered a list with, uh, uh, sorry, a list with uh, with uh, with around twelve names of companies that Emirati companies working uh, uh, for Houthis in in Abu Dhabi, but they they just took five, so that's unfortunate. I mean, yes, many things could be changed. But yes, now, right. uh, when you take a decision in, in, uh, against five people, individual, how is that going to work? Right. No, and the sanctions were for human rights violations. They were not for terrorism. They were not for war crimes or anything like that. You know, so they, th th this is why, you know, I questioned, you, you, you know, the the targeting of these five individuals and the wording of uh, uh, of the sanctions, of the listing. Um, I said, you know, probably back in December, in early December, it, it, it was a way because the, the U.S. government actually had to rephrase reword some uh, on the law the, the, the law itself to allow them to do this and uh i said maybe this is you know step one toward that listing as terrorism but the thing with me is who do you who do you sanction as a terrorist i mean there is no Houthi. i mean to say the Houthis, it's a family Beitel Houthi. You, you, you know, are you going to sanction Beit al-Houthi? So everybody named al-Houthi as a terrorist? Houthis, no, no, I'm, I'm saying al-Houthi's militias. 
Ansarullah militias. Ansarullah. Mm-hmm. As, but Ansarullah is kind of like this, this smoke screen type of organization. It's not. It doesn't really exist. Exactly. You, know? you, you, you know. I mean, who's the president of Ansarullah? Who's the secretary general of Ansarullah? And yet, in the news, we 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 keep hearing, you know, the Ansarullah led Supreme Political Council. So is. Uh, Mashad, is he the leader of Ansar Allah because he's the president of the, of the political council? Who, where is the structure? You know, when we talk about There's Ansar no Allah, there is no structure. Exactly. When we talked about the SDC, we know the structure. You, you, you know, when we talk about Al Motamar, we know the structure. I agree. Uh, but when we talk about Ansar Allah, what is the structure? I mean, you have socialists, you 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 have Zaydis, you have Shafi'is, you have all this composition of people who have aligned themselves with Ansar Allah since 2013, since the dialogue. But there's nobody that we can say, ah, this is the president, this is the vice president, you 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 know, this is the the person uh, in charge of Ansar Allah. So one of my main things, you, you know, Ansar Allah is not Hezbollah either. You know, the Houthis are not Hezbollah in, in that sense either. So one of my main things is, you, you, you know, the language that, that I was looking for when, when these sanctions came out and when this talk came out of the sanctions. Um, I was looking for, for the language to, to see, and, and, I didn't, and I didn't really see it in, in, in much of the, the, the articles, the news articles or the opinion pieces that, that, that were written back then. Who are you, is the U.S. going to sanction? Uh, next, you know, I was in the UN panel of experts 2017, 2018. In those reports, the public reports uh, that were published in January 2018 and January 2019, we mentioned how, you know, who, uh, uh, missile components, for example, or drone components were coming from Europe through the European Union countries and how, you know, we mentioned a few companies that, that were involved and we were investigating how components produced by those companies ended up in missiles, you know, that were shot to, you know, at Riyadh, for example. Uh, the drones, you know, you, you know, coming from Asia, the, the small drones, I'm talking about the, yes. the, the, yes. the small off-the-shelf drones coming from, from Asia. How did they enter uh, Sana? For example, Houthi territory. Um, you know, is it Hodeida port? Is it smuggling through Shebwa and Beida to to Damar or to Sanaa? Was it you know through Mahra to the desert and in, in, in Hadramaut to Al Jauf? Um, so, knowing this scenario and hearing talk about sanctions, um, I'm still wondering, you know, I'm still wanting to side with the UN and saying, you know, this, these sanctions are only going to hurt the humanitarian relief uh, response and not create any change on the ground. They're not going to change behavior on the ground. Well, uh, b- by the way, um, what Iran used to deliver things to al-Houthis, uh, uh, I mean, I- Iran used very... It's a different ways, actually. One of them, for I think, what I believe, for the sensitive equipment and and most important uh, equipment for drone and and and, uh, and rockets, I believe they used uh, the old school way. They bring the small ports, approach big ships there in the sea, take their boxes. On the small boats and deliver to the 
to the cost. You know that we have very long costs. We cannot protect them. We cannot protect that uh, the, the whole the whole coastal in in, uh, in Yemen. And it's not it's not that difficult to to deliver the equipments. That's happened even when we has a, a, a real government before 2011. Uh, when we had that time, Khafar Sawahil and the real power, uh, they keep doing this. People, they keep doing this. I mean, sending drugs uh, through the the long Yemeni coast that we have. So it's not going to be difficult for Iranians to find a way to deliver whatever they want to al Houthis militias uh, as long as they have people helping them inside. Right, right. Ali? Do you have any other questions for Labib? <clears throat> no, uh, I mean, uh, for for me, uh, talking about the 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 the, the, the U.S. decision regarding designating the Houthis as um, terror group. It was expected, but unfortunately, it it wasn't. We were expecting that the U.S. will step up towards this step, but unfortunately, as Libib said, just five individuals or four individuals doesn't matter, and they don't care. Right. From my perspective, designating this uh, group as a terror group maybe uh, would would be much uh, helpful and much better for, for the situation in Yemen, because this group uh, went for far beyond uh, with, with everything, with uh, the horrible things that they have committed, uh, committing against the civilians, uh, against the Yemeni people. Uh, all, I mean, uh, the different parties of the, this country suffered a lot from this group. And unfortunately, um, what, ha- what they have been doing wasn't exposed that enough to the, 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 the media in, in the international media, we don't we don't see that the, the international media, uh, I mean, dig uh, deeply uh, or snap following their their crimes and their horrible violations. Uh, so the, the world know what the, these people are doing in, in Yemen, uh, and uh, you know, uh, Fernando. Later on, I mean, the the the, uh, the Iranian what they call Iranian ambassador just arrived in Sana'a and he's seemed like, you know, he's ruling the, the city and he's uh, doing the job. So what's going on? Uh, I, I think even designating them such uh, a terror group is not enough. They, 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 we need, I mean, a real action, a real action because they are just a group of rebels. They took over the country forcibly, and they now they are committing the different crimes. They they forcibly trying to control the the the, the state and the, the uh, ninety. I, I guess seventy percent of the Yemenis don't want them. Don't want to be under their control. So why the the, the world and the international uh, community uh, just leaving them to to keep on their crimes and keep on their? I mean. In, uh, Ruling forcibly for, uh, uh, for I mean, right. uh, the, the the northern provinces now, which are still under their control. 
Right. And and one of the themes that, that we're going to continue with uh, from our introductory uh, episode is this, you know, the event uh, of uh, December 30th at the Aden airport, you know, <clears throat> was this a terrorist attack? Was this a, an act of terrorism or was this an act of war? Is that is this question for me? Right, right. Well, this is what I believe in. Uh, <clears throat> Emirates control South Yemen through uh, uh, Al Intiqali, Majlis Al Intiqali. Okay. Are Majlis Al Intiqali willing to do it? Yes. Let me, uh, I don't think it's not fair to say that, that the, the Emirates is controlling the soul by, by the, the SDC. You know, the, the source will have an independent state, and now just the, the people are controlling themselves. It's just, it just an opinion. It's just an opinion. So you can, you can, we can argue about this later. But uh, yes, this is what I think. Al uh, Al-Taqali, let's say Al-Majlis Al-Taqali is controlling, is controlling Yemen, uh, South Yemen, um, and Emirate behind. Everybody knows this, Ali. And uh, that's stupid to do this movement or to attack the government? No, I don't think so. What about the Majlis Al-Taqali itself? No, of course not, because they just finished the negotiation in, 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 in Riyadh in front of the whole world, and they don't, they don't want to impress themselves. About <clears throat> Who did that? In the airport, I believe what happened in the airport was from a Houthi. But I also believe what happened in Ma'ashir was uh, uh, by the tourist group in, in Aden itself. I have information that the rockets came out from uh, some area next to Masana Hail Saeed in Al Alam area. Um, and who this group belonged to? I believe somehow because of uh, the good relation between Majlis al-Intiqali and the former leaders in those groups, they still have a very good relation. So they used them actually to attack Ma'ashir. Uh, so in this case, if something happened, it's not al-Imarat, it's not al-Majlis al-Intiqali, they are tourism group. It's a tourist group there. But who has the relation, the actual relation with them? I believe leaders who moved from those groups to to be a leaders in in Maglisil and Tikali after that, they still somehow control people in those bad groups to do things for their benefits. This is what I believe actually. Uh, but I'm now talking about what? I'm talking about the attack happened in Ma'ashir at 5 p.m. But if if going to talk about the airport, I 100% believe the Houthis uh, uh, shoot two rockets from the Mar, two rockets from Taiz. One of them dropped down there uh, and uh, rockets were uh, like the small Palestinian rockets developed by the Houthis. Round one or round two. That's all.
Right. And what are your, now that we have this, uh, the Yemen has this co new coalition government, you, you know, working already into its second week. What, what are your expectations? What, what do you think uh, we will see in the coming weeks? Uh, it, will this uh, coalition hold uh, between, you, you know, the various uh, parties allied with the president and, and, and the SDC? Or do you think, What are your expectations for the for for the coming weeks? I think they're doing well so far. They're really doing well so far. I mean, both sides, uh, people from Al Intiqali and people from Sharia in this government, they're doing well so far. But we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, um, if they have really pure and good uh, intentions, then everything going to be well. Uh, The, 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 the really good and big movement that they are now willing to do it is to edit the central bank documents. This is the first right movement they can do it. This government can do it in Aden right now to find out the corruption in the central bank. And then steps will come out. Yes, it's interesting. We we're, we're, we discussed, uh, I brought up the, this headline from uh, an article that I just read uh, a couple of days ago where Hafid Mayat uh, brought out, you know, talking that he wants the UN Security Council to investigate the corruption. And by this, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the UN panel uh, of experts uh, who have, you know, they submitted their, their uh, new report for 2020 last month and it should be published pretty soon um right. so Hafid Maya the, the, the former governor um he's also echoing the, the 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 same line as you just mentioned that he wants this this corruption uh, investigated well I, i i met the head of uh, uh, the panel the un panel here in new york uh i mean through zoom and the I mean, I think the financial expert in the panel, we talked about this. They have names, they have documents against some people in the government and the central bank. They were working with some uh, uh, commercial people like uh, some uh, businessmen. Um, and they think, they believe that this corrupted relation Use the huge disease with the with the central bank. Somehow, those businessmen took the money from the central bank for their own benefits, and the people who allow them to do that are the uh, uh, you know the top of the government, even the president himself. To be honest, I mean, they have documents, man. They have documents. This is a pretty so, big accusation, and. <laughs> This is a pretty big accusation going all the way to the top. They have documents, they have names, they have signatures, they have everything. So it's going to be a really big investigation. And names are involved in that investigation will be like really surprised. Now, here's the question. Any names After that you the, want to mention that you already know about? <laughs> no, 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 no. I know some names, but no, I will never mention those names. But, but... Uh, To be honest, I was... Nah, nah, Fernando, don't 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you're already gone far enough. So you're already anyway, gone far. Question, question, Keep going. The question is: the question is, after they found out, uh, I mean, after they confirm everything, what they gonna what they gonna do? Right. Well, this is this is one of the main points, right? And now that I've been out of the panel for almost two years now, right? Uh, I mean, people know that uh, I'm in touch with everybody everywhere, uh, whether it's in Yemen or outside. I, I thank everyone for for their friendship and 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 their candid uh, uh, trust. You know, they trust me, and they, you know, we can still exchange information and everything. And this is one of the main things uh, when it comes to the panel, the mandate number one. In the politics of the Security Council, which I discussed uh, uh, last month in an interview with the Yemeni media outlet, it's the, the politics uh, of the Security Council and how they affect the reporting uh, of the panel itself. I mean, let's be frank, you, you, you know. And um, one of the things that the coalition or the GOY always, you, you know, uses the argument that always uses to, to, to stop the panel from going further is this is not your mandate. You, you, you know, they'll, they'll argue and they'll say, you know, you need to stick to the Houthis. You need to stick to the resolution to 2216. You, you know, you need to sort of stay in your lane kind of thing. Um, what's going on in the government is none of your business and you shouldn't investigate it. But we need to, we need to be realistic and we need to admit that what happens in the government is related to the Houthis, to what's happening in the conflict, to what's happening at the war. You know, there's been plenty written about the war economy, how so many actors are benefiting from the prolonged war, you, you, you know, whether it's oil coming in and out or, or uh, commercial goods being smuggled. You, you, you know, I have friends that have got that, that, that are in Sanaa. I have friends from the U.S. or from Europe that have traveled to Sanaa to visit their family or, you know, on holiday. I don't understand it, but it's on a holiday. They have to see their family. Uh, and they say, Fernando, I come in and this is, you, you know, everything is in the store. It's expensive. It's difficult to, to get, but we see everything in the store in the market. You know, I have people who moved from Taiz to Sanaa and they said Sanaa is better than Taiz. You, you, you know, I mean, in those relative terms, um, you already described the, the, the tension and the, and, and the oppression and, and everything. And we're not, I'm not in any way, you know, uh, minimizing the, the brutality of the persecution or, or, or the work by security forces in, 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 in Ada. I'm just talking about, you know, the surface, what, what people see. So how can this issue of the corruption and GOI, you know, be addressed? And we're talking about sanctioning Houthis. But nobody's talking about sanctioning anybody else, you, you know, because the government of the coalition says, stay in your lane, only deal with the Houthis. Now, that's not true. We always talk about this. We always talk about this. I meet, I meet like, like a good number here. You know that, Fernando, last time with uh, some high-level politicians in New York and Washington, D.C., we met we meet many of the Congress and Senates. Uh, uh, we've been talking about this straight, like, Whatever bad things happened with the Sharia, it helped direct al-Houthis to extend. The Sharia, anything bad happened in the Sharia and Adan, accused those two to lose their reputation. So when the Sharia lose its reputation, it comes direct to who? For the Houthi benefits, because it's helped al-Houthi to extend there. You see, 
So nobody can say that, even if Saudi say that, hey, stay focused on the Houthis, blah, 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 blah. But what about you guys? What about what Saudi is doing in our country? You are destroying our country, like the Houthis is destroying our country. I mean, sorry, Ali, but I have to say this. Even in Emirat, what are they doing there? They are destroying our country somehow. Listen to me. Why we still, why we still borrow money from those countries? Why? Why we still depend on 200 million real Saudi every single month to spend on our people? Why they don't allow us to export our things like oil, gas, and control the airport, control the ports, open them, run them to get good income, to give it to, to, to people. Why they are happy to leave us in this personally? I mean, this is very, but we are very poor people now. We are a very poor nation. And, and they, they, they just want us to stay like this. Uh, Fernando, does that make sense for you? El Houthis in Sana'a has no economy arms, has nothing, no countries in public helping them. And the dollars there is 580 or 90 reals. And the, everything is, as you said, everything there in the stores. And Sharia uh, cities and the South Yemen, which has been held by the whole world, people are dying of hunger there. I mean, does that make sense to you? Right, right. No, we... Um Definitely, I've seen, you know, maps from oh, the let UN. Me, let, me, let me ask what your guest here. Ali, hmm. what was Our the last host. time you get your salary? <clears throat> like full uh, salary with all things. Labib, Labib, you know, I, I know, I know. There is, the, the, the problem is in our government. The problem is not in the coalition. The coalition came to help us, and they did. And they have been doing, and they still do uh, helping us. No. But if the problem, if the problem no, let me, is, in, let me tell you, let, let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you, one. I'm, I'm, I'm petroleum engineer. I've been working for in Yemen, twenty years. I know everything about this industry. I know what, what we have. I know how we can do it. When I came here to New York, I met Ahmed Awad bin Barak. With the, uh, I told him about this. Listen. We are qualified to run the petroleum after 2015, after Emirates helped us in, in Aden to take over the, to get back the cities from the Houthis, all right? I told them, I was honest with them, clear, like I gave them study. We can do this and this and this and this and start expert the things outside. They said straight, Emirates didn't allow us to do this. Straight, okay? So it's, it's, it's basic. I'm not here to defense Emirate or Saudi Arabia. I'm here as a Yemeni. I'm, this, I'm, I'm in this interview as a Yemeni, all right? Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not here. Listen, Ali, Ali, I'm here a political asylum. I'm not going to get any position, official position from Abdurrahman Mansour, or I'm not talking here to get any benefits, any personal benefits, all right? I'm going to stay here. I'm stuck in the U.S. That's it. But I'm talking in the 
in the in the in the name of the nation. All right. Until what time we gonna defend those countries? They all destroyed us. Of course, this is because the stupid government that we have. This is because the stupid government that we have. But what if those leaders in in Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia threaten the leaders and saying, "Hey, if you didn't do this, we're gonna shoot you." Clear. This is. I don't know if you don't hear that or not, but some ministers told me this. Wallahi, they told they told them that straight. If you didn't follow, you will not be alive anymore. Straight. I know that they, they, they can they can say it easily. They can they can use such alibis, such uh, pretexts, just to to I mean uh, to throw the ball out of their their I mean their square. They 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 don't convince that they are the problem. They are the main problem. The 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 government that has been running from 2040. Uh, has been doing a lot of corruption. Right. Has been has been leading the, the country to the the brink of famine. Th- this is the problem. The coalition came to help us, you know, with the, with the, the military tanks, with the military fires, just to stand against the Houthis. But if they couldn't find, I mean, the the the, the reliable government that they depend on to to do to do the job with the economy and. So how, how do you want them to keep, I mean, I mean, controlling such things while they have a group of, I mean, idiot people in the government? So, you know, you know, the, the, the oil fields, they are operating. You know, you, you say the, the, uh, the Emirates or the Saudi Arabia don't allow them. It's, it's, it's uh, I mean, just a lie. Hadramot, Shabwa, the oil fields are operating. I have my cousins, my friends, they are working there. What they are doing? I, I usually sit with them and ask, do you, do you export? They say yes. And, you know, a lot of shipments, they, they, they sell it and they, uh, no, no money comes to the bank. This is the problem. Where, where does this money go? Yeah, we, we brought in one of the headlines that we discussed earlier was the FSO Safar, you know, in Ras Isa. And, you, you, you know, basically, you, you, you know, this, this situation, you know, uh, back in May, it, there was an urgent call from everybody, you know, the UN, the diplomats, etc., you know, to address this ticking bomb. It's, it's been almost seven months, you know, since, since this problem happened. But really what, what I brought up is, you know, you, you know, the oil industry and later on Labib uh, will invite you back on just to talk about oil and stuff because I've written a lot about uh, the oil industry and the problems, you know, international uh, companies, transnational companies that have been fighting with the government for almost two years to leave Yemen, to, to, to sell off their contracts because they are tired of the liability. You know, they, they know that this is a ticking bomb and something will happen. The environmental issues in Shebwa with the small oil spills around the, the fields, and then the potential from Safar. You know, all of this, that oil and Safar actually belongs under contract from before the war to two international, to two transnational oil companies. So they are, are afraid that if this ship blows up or leaks, you, you, you know, they will be liable for the cleanup. You, you, yeah. you know. Uh, and, 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 but at the same time, you know, the Houthis control Western Madhav, Western Najaf, they're close to the pipeline. 
I mean, if, if the, the, the Houthis threaten uh, the city of Madhub, if they take over the city of Madhub, then it's the refinery, and then they would control from the refinery to Ras Isa. Right. You know, and if you fix the FSO ship, then the Houthis will say, OK, the FSO ship is fixed. We can transport oil. We want we demand the ability to export oil. Therefore, profits, economic profits coming from them. But Labib, all of this is, is for another episode with you when we invite you and, and continue these conversations. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate you, you you coming along and joining our our, our first uh, our, our first episode really thank you for for telling us your story and and helping us understand uh, what's going on in Sanaa and 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 current politics current events. You're welcome, Fernando. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. thank you, Ali. Thank you very much. Um, uh, you know. Thank you so much, Ali. Thank Give you. me thank a you. second. Please stick around. Please stick, the two of you. Please stick around uh, a little bit further, okay? But thank you very much to everyone. Thank you for joining us uh, today. And uh, please don't forget to keep following our Twitter feed for Ali and myself. Uh, Labib is on Facebook. We'll we'll share his 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 social media as well, so you can follow all his posts. Thank you very much for joining us on this first uh, episode. We'll see you. Uh, for the upcoming, we'll have more exciting conversations coming, more interesting uh, interviews coming in the, in, in, in the weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.